This is If I Go Missing, a podcast where we tell the stories of those who have gone missing so that they aren't forgotten. And maybe, just maybe, we can help bring them the justice they deserve. I am your host, Megan. And I'm your co-host, Lynn. Are you ready to dive into another story? Always. Let's do it. Let's go. A serial killer comes about by circumstances and like uh, a recipe, poverty, drugs, child abuse. These things, you know, are, contribute to a person, uh, to a person's frustration and anger. And, uh, and uh, at some point in life, he explodes. From the host of If I Go Missing and the upcoming show Finding Relisha comes a new show called Killer Mindset where we dive into the types of serial killers and their mindsets and why they did the things that they did. I'm your host Megan and I hope you join me on this new adventure. They say time heals all wounds but no time can heal the whole of the unknown. The passage of nearly a year since Serenity Denard went missing has done little to soothe the hurt felt by those who love and miss her. In fact, the idea that Serenity has been gone for a year and yet nothing certain is known about her whereabouts is practically haunting to those who helped raise and care for her. After being given up by her birth parents who were unstable and moving through more than a dozen foster homes, Serenity had been diagnosed with a reactive detachment disorder. I'm not really overly fond on this condition. Do you know anything about it, Mom? Best I know, it's a condition which children do not feel secure with familiar relationships and can act out as a result. She was also diagnosed with a disruptive mood dysregulation disorder, a condition marked by mood swings. How sad for a child. That's what I'm thinking. A, a nine-year-old little girl, that's a lot. It's got, that, that's a lot to go in. A mind that should be more worried about if she gets to go to Susie's house and play with Barbies or if she gets to go to Janie's house and play on the four-wheeler. I mean, it's crazy. It's too too much for her little mind. It's it's heartbreaking. Chatting Cassandra Denard said Serenity was referred to the children's home after a period of worsening behaviors that included running away multiple times, instability in relationships with other children, and the potential for self-harm. She began residing at the home in July of 2018 for what is typically a 14-month admission. Serenity was only nine on February 3rd, 2019, when she ran away on a cold Sunday morning from the Black Hills Children's Home, a residential youth treatment facility located near Rockerville in Pennington County, amid some of the most rugged and remote terrain in all of South Dakota. God bless her. Serenity was known to run away frequently from her family's home in Sturgis, 
Running away was actually part of the reason for her placement and part of her treatment plan at Black Hills Children's Home. Serenity tried to run away one week before her final escape and was placed on a protocol of, quote, arms length only monitoring. But for reasons unexplained, the strict runaway prevention effort was ended a day or two before her fateful February 3rd escape, according to Serenity's adoptive father and his wife, who are the little girl's primary caretakers. So my question is, how exactly did this little girl get away? That's an excellent question. I mean, it, it had to be a plan. It had to be something that was concocted, that was worked up. What adult works with a nine-year-old? It wasn't an adult. Okay. She hatched a plan. That much is known for sure. An online article from Kilo Land outlines how it is believed the events occurred that morning based on witness and deputy statements. According to Deputy Hartland, Serenity was playing in the gymnasium at the children's home just before 11 a.m. on Sunday, February 3rd, 2019, with two staff members and six children present. Serenity and another girl made an impromptu plan that the girl would distract the staff members so Serenity could run away. When the girl ran out of the gym and back into the main building, one staff member chased her while the other stayed and supervised the remaining five children. Serenity used the distraction to open the door to the outside and run away. For security and safety purposes, doors in the children's homes are locked from the outside, but not from the inside. Makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, like in the event of a fire, things like that. Yeah, definitely. No one from the children's home gave immediate chase. Serenity, dressed in jeans, a long-sleeved t-shirt, and snow boots, ran north across a campus path and into the main parking lot of the complex. Authorities know this because after Serenity left the gym, a woman and her granddaughter saw her. The pair had dropped off a child at the northernmost building on the campus and were driving on the campus path when they saw Serenity run through the parking lot and stumble on the cattle guard just short of the exit onto Rockerville Road. While watching, the grandmother reversed the vehicle back to the main building, got out, and rang a doorbell to alert a cook inside that a child was running away. The cook was equipped with a radio to alert other employees, but the radio was on a different channel, which slowed the initial staff response. The granddaughter then remained in the car as her grandmother ran back inside to alert the staff, and she watched Serenity now walking north on Rockerville Road after walking about 50 yards north of the complex entrance. Serenity went out of sight of the granddaughter, whose view was blocked by trees and topography. When the grandmother returned to the car, the pair drove out of the children's home complex and followed Serenity's path north on Rockerville Road. They drove a while and then returned to the home. They retraced the route once more, but they never saw Serenity again. The witnesses said about three to five minutes elapsed from when they watched Serenity running to when they first notified the cook. Then, another three or four minutes went by when they lost sight of Serenity to when they drove on Rockerville Road to begin searching. At the time of the runaway, 15 staff and 37 children were at the facility. Four staff members began searching for Serenity as soon as they were notified. One more joined in later. The on-call supervisor was contacted at home and advised staff to continue searching for 15 minutes before calling 911. When that supervisor arrived on the scene about 80 minutes later, 911 still had not been called. So the supervisor then called authorities to report the runaway. The emergency call kicked off an aggressive search and 
extensive investigative efforts that evening, including the arrival of a portable command post, searchers with dogs, and eventually the arrival of detectives. One of the detectives that came was Detective Hartland, and he was first notified of the case around 6 p.m. The first night, Hartland and other deputies went door-to-door to all the homes in the area, about 40 total homes in all, trying to see if anyone had seen Serenity, but also getting a feel for any unusual responses. The department also gave immediate national attention to the case by reporting Serenity as a missing person with the National Crime Information Center and the next day issuing a National Missing and Endangered Persons Alert. In the days after, detectives interviewed children's home employees and residents who were at the home the day Serenity left. Eventually, Detective Hartland said his team interviewed all employees or all former employees of the home who had any contact with Serenity. So in all, about a total of 100 people, former and current employees that had had contact with this little girl had been interviewed by these detectives. And that's great. What we need to be focusing on, too, is why did it take these people so long to do anything? Why didn't they call 911 in 15 minutes like they were supposed to? Why was protocol not even followed? There were so many steps and procedures set out here that, well, you know. Okay, you've got your radio and clipped on your side, whatever, and you bump it. I understand it being on the wrong frequency. When I pick it up and I say, this is Johnny, um, Serenity's missing. Hello, I'm not getting a response. I'm going to immediately check my number. That's always my first Two thing. or three minutes. And even that, the administrator on call yeah. told at least four to five adult supervisors, if you don't find mm-hmm. this child within 15 minutes, call mm-hmm. authorities. 80 minutes later, when she finally makes it to the scene from her house, yeah. assuming, you know, traffic and whatever right. she have to account for, because she was not at work that day. Right. You know, 80 minutes later, 911 still hadn't been called. They've learned a lot from this, and they've replaced a lot of people. Yeah. They have um, a lot of new things in place. Mm-hmm. I think that the home itself is doing its best to learn from this and, you know, not have it happen again. Yeah, we learn from things. That's not even a question, but wow. Wow. What a way to learn. Yeah, at the, at the cost of a child. Investigators also interviewed both sets of Serenity's adoptive parents and her birth parents. And none are considered suspects, according to Detective Hartland. Another key component of the investigation, he said, was determining whether Serenity could have contacted anyone on the outside of the home before her escape, either by phone or computer. Investigators found nothing to indicate that she had done either, though. She's a little young, too, for that, but not these days. Kids are born with a cell phone in their hand. My and child's two, and he plays games on them all day long. Yeah. He um, plays puzzle games. He knows how to get on, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think he can, like, phone a friend, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of young, young, young children are taught 911 or taught, you know, whatever, whatever. My child would be the one that goes, 911, my game ain't working. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> so that's something I probably won't teach him until he's a little older. <laughs> <laughs> For real. It, it just stuns me what a child concocted that adults were oblivious to. Children are often overlooked and they're often mm-hmm. underestimated. And a lot of times that can be an adult's greatest downfall is forgetting yeah. how insightful yeah. and resourceful youth can be. Well, so often children 
nowhere near with the reasons and problems this child had. They try to tell you over and over and over they're being abused, they're being mistreated, they're going to kill themselves. And it's Susie, you're just being dramatic, aren't you? Or you just want attention? Find out why Susie felt the need to say something like that. Yeah. And when I see the constant running away, to me, that shows me that she... Mm -hmm. Needs some attention, even though even if she had all the attention in the world, due to her illnesses, she might just need a little extra more. Mm -hmm. And it's so sad because these are children you need to sit with and read books and say, your hair is so pretty, sweetie. Would you like for me to brush your hair? You you need to do that extra coddling that people say, don't coddle them. Yeah, but they need it. Some kids do need Some children need that coddle. Throughout the year, Heartland and investigators from a wide range of agencies have followed up on 224 leads from across the country. And with the help of the FBI and numerous other local agencies across 36 states and Canada, every lead has been checked out with positive results, the investigators say. The department has also looked into claims of sightings in, get this, Pakistan and Nigeria. That turned out to be a scam. Yeah, I was just going to say a nine-year-old made it to Pakistan and Nigeria. I mean, um, the kid's wow. good, obviously, but... Yeah. I mean, obviously, if there were actually sightings in all these different states and whatever, she did pretty dang good. Yeah. In that terrain and yeah. everything, but And Pakistan. that terrain is some of the most rugged in the world. Yeah, Pakistan and Nigeria? That's a little perfect. That's talent. But I also completely agree with following up on them. Totally. I mean, that may be the one that somebody picked her up and they found, you know. Yeah. They found them that way. So I definitely believe that you would have to investigate it. Yeah, definitely. While most of the investigation effort has been done quietly, the numerous and extensive searches for Serenity have been very well publicized. More than 1,200 people from nearly 70 agencies, including more than 100 dog teams, have logged more than 4,500 miles of walking. The agency often alerts local media that a search has taken place or, you know, is about to, and pictures and videos are often posted to the department's Facebook and Twitter account. The monitor the search and try to rule some areas out sheriff tom maintains a tabletop size map of the area with lines marketing where gps devices show people and dogs have searched so far almost the entire region is nearly covered with blue and red lines where searching has taken place sheriff tom pointed out that his agency has conducted numerous searches for lost people in the black hills during his nine years as sheriff And most of their searches have been done with success. But he also cautioned that searching in the hills is never an easy task. The weather that day that Serenity ran away turned bad with temperatures below freezing and snow fell that night and Mm. it stayed for several weeks, hampering the search and reducing the chances that Serenity could survive outside for more than a few hours. Sheriff Tom is quoted on a Kilo Land article saying, in terms of Serenity specifically, she's very small. She's four foot nine, roughly, some 90 pounds. Mm. So if she's in the woods and got lost at the point you're becoming hypothermic, there's a potential that you will find a spot to curl up and get warm under a rock ledge or next to a log. Experienced searchers will tell you that it's not even uncommon to walk past people multiple times in an area when they get hidden, curled up somewhere. 
And you can even be a few feet from someone and walk right past them. Well, especially if they're that small. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she's a relatively small, nine-year-old. So I, I can definitely see her getting, you know, curled up somewhere to be to stay warm. Mm-hmm. So it, I can see how it would be easy to walk right past her if she's unconscious or whatever, you know, yeah. from the hypothermia and malnutrition and everything else. Yeah. I, I can definitely see her being right there. Cadaver dogs have actually alerted to scents a few times, but it's unknown if the scent originated with Serenity, and so far nothing has been found. From the beginning, the search for Serenity has always been a two-pronged approach, meaning you have the investigative side and the search efforts. In the past year, the law enforcement officials tasked with searching for Serenity have never stopped using that two-pronged approach. Police have even consulted a pediatrician to see how far Serenity specifically could have gotten. And the pediatrician said that given Serenity's age, size, and the weather, she possibly could have walked three to four miles from the children's home, presenting searchers with a giant area to search. A wide variety of low and high points creates migrant places where a preteen girl could hide or seek shelter, but also creates challenges for dogs and handlers trying to track a scent. You see, when it comes to tracking scents, Things like wind, temperature, and humidity all affect how a scent will travel. Many experienced searchers are often bothered and surprised that such an extensive search has not turned up Serenity or even any of her clothing. In this investigation, as in any investigation, obviously nothing can be ruled out until officials find out what happened to Serenity. Authorities have no solid evidence thus far to suggest that there was an abduction or anything other than a girl who ran away from a facility and is yet to be found. They base the view of abduction not really being plausible because of the short period of time she was out of sight that she was walking in snow boots on a road almost exclusively by locals during winter and the fact that it was late morning on Super Bowl Sunday. However, something that does make complete sense, something her adoptive father has stated about Serenity and her attempts to run away and what he believes happened to her. Chad Denard, Serenity's adoptive father, says that Serenity had become adept at planning and executing runaway attempts and seemed to enjoy watching people search for her. Denard said his theory is that she stayed just ahead of searchers but got lost before succumbing to freezing temperatures and snowfall later in the day. He goes on to say that he thinks she's out there and that he truly doesn't think she was abducted. Chad truly believes she liked to run and wouldn't run very far, but she liked to see people looking for her. That's so sad because I'm sure that's part of her condition. Mm -hmm. You care enough to look for me or not? Yeah. And it, it, yeah. I mean, her, her issue with relationships, it's almost like a test of your relationship. Yeah. Will you come after me? The Will test you of me? your trust, your endurance for her, your commitment to her. That's so sad. When you really think about it, it does make total sense, though. Yeah, it does. A little girl with attachment issues just wanting to see that people care enough to find her if she were to go missing. Her adoptive parents visited her weekly and said Serenity felt good about being at the children's home and receiving the inpatient treatment for her conditions because she said that she felt she was getting better, according to Chad and Cassandra. 
The pair had worked for years to help Serenity deal with trauma she suffered after being given up for adoption and spending time in dozens of foster homes. Serenity had run away numerous times, they said, because she would begin to feel uneasy in her stable environment, wondering if the love, support, and good times could really last. She ran away during the day and at night, on foot and on her bike, sometimes on a whim and sometimes with a packed bag and a plan to go somewhere specific. The police in Sturgis got to know her and would just bring her home, Cassandra said. That's so sad. I think the most baffling thing about this case, though, is how a little girl, no matter how smart or adept she had gotten at running away, could manage being missed by hundreds of adults and dog teams with them not finding anything. And after she was in the woods only a few minutes ahead of them, it's just, it's really mind-boggling. I don't know. I mean, the only thing, I mean, of course, once it started snowing, the dogs had a serious challenge. Um, yeah, I mean, snow is water and water covers up Exactly. Track. And not only that, she's obviously a lot smarter than any more normal nine-year-old. Did she run through some puddles and some streams and what have you for that reason? Maybe. It, it would keep the chase going if the dogs couldn't track her. Decent theory. While police and her adoptive father don't think abduction could be very plausible, her adoptive mother, who has secondary custody of Serenity, feels differently. For the first month after Serenity disappeared, her adoptive mother, Darcy Gentry, found it hard to even get out of bed and couldn't really even go to work. She now finds herself feeling paranoid, anticipating the worst about things, and worrying every time her 17-year-old son, Preston, leaves the house. She wonders if there was some sort of plot by unsavory characters to kidnap Serenity. She spins around when she hears a child say mommy while she's shopping, reacting instinctively in case it was Serenity. She goes on to say that not knowing makes you play out all of these different scenarios in your mind. And as a mother, I can completely see where that would happen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And obviously she and I are a lot alike in the mother field. You have a bad tendency of looking for the worst. She's mm -hmm. not come home in a year it's got to be something horrible. Mm -hmm. If she had just ran away, she'd be home by now. Yeah. Why would somebody be stalking our family? And she has another child to think about. And I totally get every time you hear a child say, Mommy, heck yeah. I mean, you do that, period. Mm -hmm. As a mother, when you hear Mommy, you turn and look. Even if your child isn't with you at the present moment. Yeah. I mean, you, you just, just look. You instinctively look. I don't know if somewhere deep in your recesses in your mind, you're going, that's somebody's child calling them. Is it a child standing in the middle of the aisle at Walmart alone? I'm going to take them to the front. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure they're safe. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just an instinct as most mothers to protect a child. I hear mommy. I look, I try to, you know, yeah. I feel so bad for her because I would, I would, I believe I'd do the same thing. But I honestly, after hearing about Serenity's struggles and, her having that issue with running away, her dad's theory sounds like a total plausible yeah. thing to me. Mom's is the paranoid mom, um, I believe. Versus the logical dad. Men work very logically in their head. Women work very emotionally. So that definitely would explain the um, difference of opinions of what happened. Maybe that explains what's wrong with me because I totally went to the more logical side. <laughs> yeah, um, no. As a mommy, I'm very, very mommy. I'm very, I'm nurturing. I'm protective. I'm, I'm the mama bear immediately. I am those yeah. things, but I'm on, I'm, I'm those things on a different level. I am those things on a paranoid level. 
of protection. And that's for any child, whether I've given birth, whether it's my grandchild, whether it's any child. I'm a protective person. But um, maybe I'm just more of a dude. (laughs) Um, Or maybe you led a very protected life. And I did, too. But maybe you led a protective life that doesn't bring those things so far in the forefront of your mind. Makes sense. But yeah, I mean, his makes a lot more sense. Hers makes sense of a scared, protective mother that says, okay, I've, I've got to hold this child on my side. I don't care if he's 17, 27, 96. I've got to hold him on my side because I lost serenity, mm-hmm. which says a lot for the adoptive parents. These are not blood parents. These are not, there's not that blood bond. There's not, you wouldn't think there's that, that, that bond, mm-hmm. that strong nurturing bond. It, it's just very wonderful, though, to see that obviously mm-hmm. it is. I mean, it's really upset this woman. It says a lot for the bond between parent and child, whether blood is there mm-hmm. or not. Yep. And unfortunately, it's been a little over a year now officially and no sign of serenity has turned up. Her adoptive parents and their spouses both miss her tremendously and would give anything to have her back. The search for Serenity Denard is one of the largest in South Dakota history, and they won't be giving up anytime soon. Normally, I have a number or a place to reach out if you know any information. In this case, I couldn't find one, so I guess all we can really do is hope and pray for answers and a safe return and spread the word of Serenity's story. Definitely, and um, you did mention um, the towns that they were in. You could report to those police is, is really about all you could do. That is a really good idea. Um, you could go back to those police departments yeah. and find their numbers if you really think you have a promise that yeah, you need. Exactly. I mean, and, and even at that, even if you don't, you think, I don't know if that would be her or not. Always speak up. Always speak up because this time you may save a child's life. R-E-L-I-S-H-A. In Washington, D.C. alone, more than 2,000 kids will go missing each year. One of those kids is a little girl by the name of Relisha Red. She's been missing for six years now. Her story got minimal coverage, but not anymore. I am doing something nobody else has done. I am taking an objective look at her case. I am speaking with family members. I'm talking to advocates and investigators and... We all have one main goal, and that is to bring Relisha home. Check out the Instagram page at Finding Relisha for updates and also for news of when the show will air for the first time. Thank you for listening to another episode of If I Go Missing. I'm your host, Megan, and I put a lot of thought and hard work into these episodes. I write, edit, and produce them all myself. And it means a lot to me that you guys take the time to listen. If you would like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is at If I Go Missing Podcast. Then we also have our Twitter, and that one is at Megan Noel Pod. If you want to reach out and suggest a case, you can do that on Instagram or Twitter by sending us a DM. We also have a Facebook page called Megan Noel Podcast. And we also have discussion groups for the podcast. 
And the name of the discussion group is If I Go Missing, a podcast. <laughs>